Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here, live Saturday show. Phones are open. If you want to join us, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Pecos Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. So, a lot of people have inflation on the mind. Uh, gas prices are at record highs in the last week or so. And they're, of course, uh, the mainstream media is trotting out articles about how oh, just drive slower, everybody. And hey, then, uh, before we get into that, or just have already purchased an electric car. Duh. <laughs> that one, too. I, since, since Free Talk Live is, we'll call it my boss uh, of this program, can I get a 21% raise? Do you think that's... Well, we don't have employees, Captain, so <laughs> no. Okay, but wouldn't it be nice if everybody just got a 21% raise? Yeah, that'd be great. I think that would help because well, uh, inflation seems like it's at least getting up towards that, that range. If you you know double the official numbers, you're at about 20, uh, 20% right now. The producer price in- index, at least, has just crossed 10% last month. How well, about everyone got a 21% raise, then wouldn't it be like no one got a 21% raise like mm-hmm. within a well, week or so? Well, okay, what if just a certain subgroup of people got a 21% raise? Oh, the important people. Well, just a certain Like subgroup. the very best people. The people who deserve a one-fifth of their income raise. I mean, that that's not the people who are getting the 21%, though. It's not? No. It's not the most, like, contributing to society and, like, you know... Helping us have a civilization instead of, say, murdering brown children for large sums of cash? I mean, well, should I just tell everybody? <laughs> well, I should. know where you're going with this, Captain, uh, but the reason I was setting uh, setting it up was yeah, I to, don't, I don't wanna, like... to explain that you know a lot of people have inflation on the mind uh, today, and it's it's hitting hard, right? I mean, well, gas... Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the, the general raise that has been going on, it has been, like, uh, just record-breaking. It's been, like, 5%. What what raise? Wages have increased officially by about five. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, which is of course less than what we're seeing even from the official government numbers about prices going up. Right. Uh, the official government number for consumer prices is I think it's seven point nine percent as of last month, and then the producer price just crossed into the two digits at ten percent. So obviously people are feeling this. You can see it at the grocery store. You can see it at the gas pump. And so one group of people, as you're alluding to here, has decided to do something about it. (laughs) Yeah. They've decided to do something about it. They've decided that it's within their own best interests to give themselves a 21% pay raise. Hey. All right. Who are these people? Well, Congress, of course. (laughs) Well, they sound self-employed since they're giving themselves a raise. Well, what they do, Peakless Mountaineer, you see, is... uh, First, they find a large group of people uh, in a you know a given geographic area, and then uh, by way of coercion, they take money from this large group of people, and then they you know take it upon themselves to sort of figure out how this money is divided. And while they're doing that, they decide whether or not it's a good idea to give themselves a 21% raise, regardless of their performance. Have they ever decided that it wasn't a good idea to give themselves a raise? 
I would doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, like I where it came up and they voted no, uh, no. I don't think they that would is, have. That no. is never. So these people, they, they they just let them get away with taking all their stuff? Yeah, they just huh. do it every time. It doesn't matter how many times they give themselves a raise or more benefits or whatever. The people just keep on putting them back into office. I mean, the incumbent reelection rate is what, 90% or something like that? I mean, it's... 96% or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and let's remind everybody that uh, something like 80% of all the United States dollars were created uh, via the government and the Federal Reserve in the last couple of years. Is that true? I, I mean, I've, I've heard 30 40%. I, I, I don't know what the actual according number is. According to but the sources of uh, this article and the freethoughtproject.com. They're and, saying 80 yeah, percent? Yeah. Wow. 80% in the last, I think it's a little more than, it's like two and a half years or something. Like mm-hmm. that. Hold on, what's 80%? Of all of the dollars wow. were created in the last that two is and a half the, years. That, that is the highest estimate that I've heard. I'd like to see the citation. I mean, it's, I mean, it's oh, really tough to tell, can... to be honest, because I mean, you, you for one thing, it's how do you count it? Mm-hmm. And for another, I mean, are, are you counting like uh, the derivatives market? Does that count? Like, you know, any kind of uh, loan that's being made, are you keeping track of every loan made on every level in every way to everybody? Because generally mm-hmm. speaking, when a bank makes a loan, it that's makes new money. money. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when you say makes money, you mean creates it yes, from thin out air. out of thin air. Right. At your expense. Correct. And then it has to be paid back with interest, of course. Mm-hmm. Where that a- comes from? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll create money in the future, of course. <laughs> There's a link here that comes from Fred, and Fred That's has the government. Fred has Federal a Reserve. source, a Board of Governors Federal Reserve System, and so the article says, uh, citing Fred, if you want to put this in perspective, this is from this article. If you want to put it into perspective, we can take a look at the monetary supply at the beginning of 2020, which showed just $4.0192 trillion in circulation. By January 2021, that number had jumped up to $6.7 trillion. But this was only the beginning. By November of last year, that number climbed to $20.354 trillion. Wow. Meaning okay. that since January 2020, the United States has printed nearly 80%. Of all U.S. dollars in existence, so probably 78, wow. 79%. Nuts. Yeah, so w- what amazes me on this is, like, they are now saying, oh, well, there's all this inflation. We better do something about that. It's like you needed to do a lot then. Like, so the the, the last time that we've had numbers anywhere like this, as far as inflation goes, was the 80s, mm-hmm. when they had a 20%, like, uh, the base uh, age uh, rate of uh, of uh, interest on on your loans i think it was the late 70s right gas crunch time all that kind of stuff wasn't that the uh well, i think the numbers... 81 was the was the most recent time that they had this one okay. yeah all right. so coming out of the late 1982 70s, okay. yeah. or the two years i've seen when they've compared this is the largest inflation number since 1980 it's usually 81 right, or 82 right. or okay. something like that when they've had 7.9 percent etc and the 10 percent producer price index just eclipsed that now mm-hmm. that is now the highest in the Jesus. recorded history of however many you know dozens of years they've been recording these numbers it's yeah. the highest now yeah so by the time these numbers came up they were already in the process of doing a, a huge amount to to turn it in the other direction whereas we're hitting these numbers we just increased the rate from zero like it has oh, been at yeah, zero what 0. 0.25 yeah <laughs> like yeah from zero to the lowest <laughs> possible increase 
Yeah, no, this was wild to watch because like they they floated out the idea of well, what if we increased it to point two five to point five instead of point two uh, or uh, you're talking about interest rates? Yeah, interest rate. Yeah. What if we increased the base interest rate? To 0.5%. Now, I don't know. What does that mean? What is the interest rate that they are setting? Because it doesn't affect... It, does it affect like your bank accounts or something? Oh, yeah. Or well, what it, is it? it affects everything. So this is the, the, the federal funds rate. Mm-hmm. So this is the target rate for everything. So like this is used as the foundation for every single loan and everything else gets built on top of that. So like... Is uh, this the rate at which banks borrow from the Federal Reserve? Right. And, and exactly. Okay. Right. This is the the rate that they borrow from each other at, and then all of the loans that get made to us are some multiple of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this is one of the important things. Anyone out there who has any kind of an adjustable rate, anything like your mortgage, your car payment, your uh, uh, there are some really bad credit cards that let you adjust the the rate. Mm. If you have any kind of an adjustable rate, anything, pay it off immediately. Like, if you need to get a, a, a really bad fixed rate to pay that off now, do it while you can. Because and that's those, because you're predicting that that number is going to go up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, I, I don't even know a model that says that anything else would happen. But yeah, all of those adjustable rate, everything are about to increase. So Congress said they need some more money. I mean, they what? Were they getting paid like four hundred thousand a year or something like? What's the what's the pay rate for those guys? Does it mention that in the story? Uh, well, official or yeah, yeah speaking gigs and. On the books, official, what's the pay? Do we know? I mean, it depends on their tax attorney, right? Well, there's a certain paycheck that they get every year. Oh, from, the official uh, paycheck. Yeah, I think it's 400000 Around 400000 yeah. I'll All look right. it up. That's apparently just not enough to live on. Uh, there's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number, if you want to join the show, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian Peekless Mountaineer and Captain Kickass in the studio. And the phones again, 603-283-6160. Coming up in about three months, it's going to be ForkFest 2022, the sixth annual ForkFest. What is ForkFest? It's a decentralized libertarian camping festival here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire at a place called Rogers Campground. It is happening June 27th through July 3rd. So if you've been... You've been hearing a thing or two about New Hampshire and the freedom movement here and all the wonderful success stories that we've been hearing about just in just the last week. Uh, there's been some tremendous political success stories that been spreading around on social media. If you want to verify this stuff is for real, you want to meet uh, people in the community, of course, coming up for both festivals is a great idea if you've got the time for it. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is the week before ForkFest. ForkFest is a lot larger. It's, in fact, likely going to be a sold-out event again this year. So if you haven't gotten your tickets for that, your time's running out. Porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. But ForkFest has no tickets, and that's because there's no central organizer. Uh, it's just freedom-loving people going to the same campground for the same week, tw- uh, June 27th. Through July 3rd, you can go to ForkFest.Party and you can learn more about the event there. You can get connected with other uh, attendees, both past, current, and future. And there's chat rooms and there's a forum and you can find all of that at ForkFest.Party. Once again, it's June 27th through July 3rd at Rogers Campground, ForkFest.Party. Captain, you've got to correct the numbers on what Congress gets paid. We were throwing around $400,000. It's like half of that is 174 is the minimum of 
depending. There's different levels, but the, it's between 174 and 193. Just 000. scraping by. Yeah. I mean, there's no way someone could survive on 170 <laughs> to $190,000. They need that 21% raise. Yeah. Sure. Right? I guess. No. Uh, you know, if they really wanted to actually show that they were anything like the rest of the people in the United States, they would actually not give themselves a raise and try to make ends meet like the rest of uh, people have to do out there. But no, no, they can just vote themselves a pay raise and they know they're going to get reelected every time they do it. So why not? Well, and there's more to it, too, than just that salary. Right. Once they're. Oh, yeah. They get all the bennies. Well, all the bennies. And then free health care. If they're a congressperson or critter, as some call them. Congress critter mm-hmm. for six years, then they get a salary for life. Ooh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some people sweet. think some people think that once you're you're a congressperson uh, for you know just one term that you get that. No, you have to you have to be six yeah. six terms or six years. Six terms. Six terms. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So twelve years, I guess. Gotcha. But if you're a Congress critter for that long, you get a salary for the rest, not just a retirement. Wow. Not just you get like that salary, that hundred and seventy four, hundred ninety three, whatever it is. So now I know this is one of those uh, sort of nitpicky things because what I want is for there to not be you know people with a blank check for initiating violence, but. If you're going to have that, why would you incentivize people to spend their life in Congress? Mm-hmm. So, okay, here's this here's this lifelong benefit that you only get if you get elected over and over again. So only if you're a career politician right. do you get this benefit that costs us a lot of money. And the people that support term limits still believe that these are the same people who are going to somehow implement term limits. Right. Not going to happen. Yeah, there's already no limit on the amount of non-salary income uh, Congress members can retain from investments, corporate Mm -hmm. dividends, or profits. So once you're currying favors, if you will, sure, you know, the the money comes. Oh, yeah. Corporate America's got you back. Yeah, we've seen time and time again, you know, these guys go in and then they come out. They're millionaires. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, how how did they become a millionaire after just one term of two years at $174,000 a year? Well, it's Perks. because you, mm. well, they're 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 getting income for currying favor, mm-hmm. right? And this, of course, illustrates the corruption of the system itself. It absolutely it cannot be fair. It cannot do the will of the people. That whole concept is just out the window if it was ever real in the first place. You know, so and and one of the things that happened. So uh, a lot of people are familiar with uh, Hunter Biden having had this job in a Ukrainian uh, gas company, mm-hmm. right? Now that's not just him. So the the children of uh, of of Joe Biden, of Nancy Pelosi, of Kerry, uh, uh, um, uh, who ran for president and failed, and I think of um, uh, who who ran against uh, Obama. Romney? Yeah, Romney. Uh, so all of those people have had children who worked in a Ukrainian gas company. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you know it, there must be just this massive crossover between being able to run a gas company and being the child of a, of a politician. So before we get too far off of the Congress people... And where's this story coming from, by the way? This is from the Free Thought Project. Okay. Uh, not since 1996... Has Congress passed such a monumental increase? 
uh, as they have this 21%. So it's been what, 30 years or something, 20, mm-hmm. 30, something. Wow. I can't math. Uh, naturally, this 21% raise was tucked neatly away in the $1.5 trillion spending bill somewhere inside the 2,700 pages that not a single member of Congress read. How well, good of they? course they didn't. I mean, there was there was this one thing, like, I, I remember hearing someone uh, putting forth the idea of, like, having some kind of law that would slow them down from passing these things. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I, I think it was uh, uh, Rand Paul that tried to pass the, the, the law that says you have to read the law before you pass it and was roundly voted down. The, the, the people who write the laws are going to pass a law that prohibits them from doing anything. It's ridiculous. Oh, you mean you mean they're not going to govern themselves? No, huh? No, and and if they do, well, I mean, we're just going to get what we already have. So, tyrants forcing their opinion upon other people. Well, okay. So, according to the mainstream media, they are claiming fact checkers are saying this is not true. WKRC and the AP reporting that it's one of the most popular but completely untrue stories of the week. It's not legit, even though shared widely on social media. The Associated Press checked it out, and here are the facts. Members of Congress, here's the claim, members of Congress gave themselves a 21% pay raise in early March. The facts. Social media users are misrepresenting a government spending bill that increased funding for legislative office budgets, which members of Congress used to hire and pay staff and cover other official expenses, not lawmakers' salaries. Because there's no way they could totally rearrange the numbers to benefit themselves, right? <laughs> Congress on March 10th approved the bipartisan $1.5 trillion government spending bill, financing federal agencies through the rest of the fiscal year and providing $13.6 billion for Ukraine. After Joe Biden signed the bill into law, social media users began falsely claiming it included a 21% pay bump for federal lawmakers. And then they give examples of that happening. But the bill doesn't change congressional members' salaries, which have stayed at $174,000 a year since 2009, according to a report from the Congressional Research Service. Yeah, and so it doesn't if, give them more money. It just lets them spend more money, which at, are totally different On things. their offices. It, right. And if I'm not mistaken, Congress routinely turns down the like 1% cost of living raise that they're eligible to give themselves. Oh, is that right? Yeah. To make themselves look good, of course. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We continue. You can share your thoughts uh, on the money situation, which we're all part of. It's Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want to do Duplex or multifamily buildings so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, the number for you to join us here. Live Saturday show, by the way. It's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Peacles Mountaineer. And Reverend Captain Kickass is here. We're going to go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, We started out with a story that... Might have been inaccurate. Uh, of course, the you know you can't really trust the mainstream media 
for for sure. Uh, but they, the mainstream media is now claiming that the Free Thought Project story that you brought in, Captain, is not entirely accurate. Well, what did it say? It's a fact checker to say partly false. Or something. Oh, they're just saying it's fully false, but I would say partly false is more well, accurate than... So when it comes to Congress, unlike, oh, I don't know, let's say public school teachers, right? Uh, Congress has a line item that's their salary, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have another line item for expenses, and this is things Congress people, you know, pay for out of pocket, right? Like you've heard of the public school teachers who like buy supplies for the children in their yeah. class out of their own salary and they don't get reimbursed. Well, Congress doesn't even have to worry about that because they just have this whole other budget for all that kind of stuff. Correct. And that's where the 21% comes in. So the mainstream media is correct in that it's not an increase to their salary, but it right. is an increase to the amount of money given to them to do their job. Yeah, that is what has been raised by 21%. This according to Local12.com, reporting uh, from the AP, that the number has gone up 21%. The current number that they're now being appropriated for their offices, basically, for their budgets of running you know, their bureaucracy of the state, secretary and you know aides or whatever well, it is they have i mean they do this is all like expenses stuff too so mm-hmm. they go out to eat or something yep. it's thrown into this bucket right so it doesn't come out of their salary like everybody else on planet earth 774.4 million dollars is the new number which is up 134.4 million from its previous number so it is 21 percent higher than fiscal year 2021 so that is what has been raised i know you've got a little bit more on this captain just like a paragraph uh let's do that and then we'll jump into the phone calls here. Uh, it says, worry not, however, as we are told by Hoyer and Jeffries that this 21% increase is needed to, quote, promote a more diverse workforce, unquote, and help in retaining the best and brightest to help us serve our constituents. According to the congressman, they have been unable to retain employees for longer than three years as, those, as those employees quickly leave for the private sector after that time. That's really interesting because, you know, the government sector does get sweet benefits, right? And oh. they get a retirement that <laughs> yeah. is unmatched. So the fact that they can't hold on to those employees for the, what is it, 20 years that Three you have years. to stay? No, no, no. In order to get the um, Oh, the benefit. The uh, benefits, six I terms, believe I believe. It's, yeah. I'm talking about the employees. Yeah. Uh, I believe they aren't counted by terms. I think it's like a certain oh. number of years oh, yeah, when you yeah, work yeah. for the federal government. I think it's as low as like 20 years, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, but there's a, it's not that long. It's not like a lifetime or anything like that. And these guys are leaving after three years or upwards of three years. It's very interesting. They can't even retain them. I mean, it's not rocket science. They network with a bunch of political people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do some favors for some people. And then they get a sweet, cushy job yeah. for some corporation uh, after you know they meet and schmooze and have a network. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Jill is in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Jill. Well, what you described sounds like a policy is suck all the blood you want from the taxpaying workers and then make up an excuse for it afterwards. Bingo. So that's not what I called in about. Okay. I, I heard uh, something on the TV. I think It was on television. I think it might have been in the late 70s or early 80s. Some guy was saying that he heard someone, a judge's wife, saying that uh, no one could live on $50,000 a year. And he said to her, I can tell you a lot of people who'd like to try. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of people aren't getting uh, raises that keep them up with inflation, so you're constantly being behind the ball. Uh, You constantly have a more difficult time at making ends meet as inflation continues to rise. 
Yeah, and the the thing that really just astonishes me about the situation right now, so we have wages up like 5% when everybody knows that the inflation is up like 7.9% and people are still complaining that they can't get workers. Well, pay them more. Mm. I mean, how is it so difficult in this culture to start paying your workers enough to attract enough people to run your business? Well, I, I mean, the business has to make enough to do so in the first place. So that's true. Th- that's you know, the small business people are the ones that that get hurt the most by mm. this kind of stuff, uh, because they're in that. A lot of small businesses start out as just like you know the husband or wife or like a small crew of people, right. just trying to make ends meet and trying to make that payroll every month. You try to avoid having an employee at all if you can. Yeah, that's the number one. Uh, expense of any business is payroll yeah that and uh uh, well taxes more freedom on the job that they might not need so much more Mm. pay i was on a job one time i was a car hop and what caused me to quit it was was because my boss man kept telling me to slow down slow down anytime i went fast enough that the cashiers didn't have to take orders out the side door he, he was telling me i was going too fast and I finally quit because of that. Wow. Jill, thanks for calling, sharing your thoughts tonight. Appreciate it. Let's go to Alex. He's uh, listening. Just, uh, hmm? A quick note on that. Uh, yeah, I know the reason I quit and uh, didn't go back is because they wouldn't let me have a face. Kept wanting to put a piece of cloth oh. between uh, you know my mouth and That's nose and uh, the oxygen I need to live. So, Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Listening in South Carolina to WRNN. Thank you. I love, love that station. Love your show. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, I want to call about the time. I, you guys may appreciate what I'm about to say about my time spent in the military in Germany. Regardless, I did, if I may quickly touch on something, is my background. You got, first of all, you guys must have EFT because the underlying thing for me, which I almost never call radio shows, but it's, it's, it's the mainstream media. It's how to get over that. But that's not why I'm calling. Uh, but a brief background in my life, if I may quickly. Uh, yeah, I went to college, several colleges, I don't know, numerous, whatever it is. But my real biological father was a lawyer. My stepfather uh, was a corporate vice president for a large corporation. And he went to Stanford University and majored in mass communications. And uh, so from a very young age, I was always taught to look, you know, critique, look at the media differently, I think, than many do. Mm-hmm. I was always and I always read the, the newspaper voraciously. I think that's why I love your shows, my my upbringing. And uh, but the reason I'm calling is uh, two reasons. First, I work in food and beverage. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a corporate vice president or law. But you guys, last week I listened to your show. Oh, uh, quickly, another really quick interjection. More people need to listen to your show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. you. I appreciate that. We got to get to the point, yeah. though. Please. Okay, a little very quickly. Okay. Quickly, last week you said, like, you're a good garbage bag. You made you Ukrainians good, Russians bad, blah, blah. And it's not like that completely. And the media has already drawn that line. And uh, when I was in Germany, I'm not saying which military branch, there was, like, all this. This is, like, 20, 30 years ago. There's all these kids. I had a major who had four kids over there and a wife. And it was just uh, the spending. They go to, to the, you know, the commissary. It was like a the, I just recall one thing being over there. The spending was out of hand. And I remember that being over there. It was just ridiculous. I mean, Cuba had their whole families living in Germany. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Let me show. I'll get off the line, listen to your response. Talk to you later. Bye. 
Okay, spending out of hand. That's what I that, took away from That's what from I took that. away from that, too. Uh, I believe he's referring to government spending, of course. The military was what he was yes. talking about, was the ridiculous amount of spending that, that he was uh, aware of. And, and that tends to be the case with people that have been in the military. They they either go like full-on libertarian because they've seen the insane waste, they've seen the, the stupidity yeah. and the ignorance of bureaucracy, and they just can't handle it. Uh, and then there's the or people that just gung-ho. love it. There's the people that are like, hell yeah, give me that credit card, and then... And, you know, they're deep as into it as they can possibly be. Yeah, I mean, the government is the ultimate cash cow. There are so many uh, businesses that are based solely on serving one particular branch of government. And it's crazy. Like, when the government does finally go under... There are going to be a whole bunch of businesses that are SOL because they're their only customer. Well, we're going to talk more about uh, the steps that it's going to take to get them to go under because it does seem like it's going to be inevitable, but is it going to be sooner rather than later? Uh, we got a situation that is going to you know, possibly get even worse with this Ukraine thing, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Free Talk Live, phones are open. Join the show here on this live Saturday episode. The number for you, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, we've got Ian. Peacos Mountain Mayor. Captain Kickass. And we want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have for you. And one of those features is our social media site that acts a lot like Twitter, except without the evil mega corporation. Oh, you mean... No censorship? Well, I mean, if you're going to spam, you're not going to be allowed. But otherwise, we get to set the rules, and we're pretty uh, allowing by comparison. So you can express yourself over at social.freetalklive.com, and it's pretty cool, and it's free. You mean you allow Russian talking points? If that's what you want to say, for sure. Social.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're going to get back into your calls and thoughts, but more about money. I know, uh, Peakless, you've got some thoughts on this whole inflation, spending, Ukraine situation. Uh, But first, Corey is on the line listening to WDOV in Dover, Delaware. Go ahead, Corey. Corey, you got to turn down that radio or it is going to get really confusing and it will be impossible to have a conversation unless you turn the radio down. Sure. All right, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering about the interest rates. Does that have anything to do with a money market account or your bank account? Yeah, is it, uh, yeah. Savings ev- is it gonna? Yeah, every rate, uh, every interest rate is going to shift up because of uh, because of the shift in the in the federal funds rate. Wait, wait. So that means that if you have a money market or a bank account, you're going to get paid. A higher interest rate. That's that correct. Case, which still won't be Jack Diddley because bank accounts don't pay you right. squat. You will but. be uh, paid a higher interest rate uh, based on the shift from zero to zero point two five percent. So okay. So yeah, uh, your your interest bearing stuff will uh, will also see that. Uh, thing is that I mean, compared to the compared to the inflation that's going on right now, it's absolute. It's it's a loss. Honestly, of course, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, uh, th- if you if you have some money that you want to put aside for savings, mo- uh, cash is a bad place to put it. Money market place, uh, accounts are a bad place to put it. I mean, you want it in something solid. You want it in in gold, in Bitcoin, in uh, stocks are are so so. Um, in uh, in property like uh, real estate. Yeah, real estate's 
Always, yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. place to have it uh, if you can. And, and uh, by gold, I mean like in your hand, uh, not just uh, on paper. All right. You got okay, anything else, Corey? Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Number 603-283-6160. And uh, treasury bonds, by the way, are a joke. Their uh, interest rates are just absolute garbage. They're essentially below 1% uh, in in most cases. And, I mean, it's just... Yeah, and uh, one of the big things that's happening right now, so... Um, I think it was the uh, the two year and the ten year uh, Treasury bond uh, rates uh, uh, did a uh, a reversal. So what usually happens is if you have a, a short term loan, mm-hmm. then you get uh, worse a, rates, r- right? Yeah. Whereas a, a long term loan, you get uh, a higher rate because you're willing to hold out for that, right? But because things are currently so so much less certain than they usually are. Uh, the later, uh, the longer you hold on to it, the lower the rate, wow. at least as far as the uh, 2 to 10. Really? And the, all the others are headed in that direction. Uh, one of the, the big ones that they look for is when the 30-year passes that mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so what always happens, and I do mean always, is that while we're on this trajectory, you don't get a recession. But as soon as things start turning back around is when you uh, enter a recession. Well, uh, there's some really interesting rates in the world of cryptocurrency, I can tell you that. So for people that are looking at something better than a bank account, um, go look into the crypto world of decentralized finance. There's Mm, some really interesting stuff going on there. It does take some time to kind of wrap your head around it and learn what... There's so many different options out there, and it is a constantly changing landscape. But there are some centralized, or not even decentralized finance, some more centralized finance options that are using cryptocurrencies that'll pay people like five percent or eight or ten or you know 15 or something like that so it just depends you know obviously there's risk involved i mean clearly you're you're giving somebody in in a lot of cases you're giving somebody else your uh your cryptocurrency and hoping they take good care of it but that said uh some of these companies claim to have insurance and uh and then there's also decentralized versions which you don't have to trust uh, company, but they get a little more complicated to get set up and get involved in. Yeah, I saw one that was literally the more risk, the larger the percentage. So if you wanted to be conservative and risk mm-hmm. little and make a steady percentage, you know, you could go with this option. Or if you wanted to kind of like um, what companies will give you for like your 401k options right mm. you know you want to be ultra conservative and get a steady well then you choose this or you want to be really aggressive and get like a bigger percentage but more risk then you choose this other option they had options in between as well yep of course uh, the rule with cryptocurrency like any uh, investment is don't put in what you can't afford to lose completely so there is that yeah that not line. your keys not your money uh, all right, so uh, Peakless, you had some thoughts um, on this whole money situation that is affecting well everybody because mm-hmm. as long as you well I guess not everybody there are there's a few people out there that live completely on cryptocurrency and in the case of those people they're actually not affected by uh, by inflation. Oh yeah, I mean if you uh, if you have figured out how to use cryptocurrency correctly, like uh, gas prices are still going down for you. Mm. I mean, if you look at like, okay, well, in 2020 at this point, here's how much a gallon of gas cost mm-hmm. in Bitcoin, and you mm. uh, look at it now, it's like it's not even close. It's a huge reduction in your gas cost. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I, I mean, if you look at this over the course of years, like, yeah, there there is some instability day to day. There's even oh, some yeah. instability minute to minute. 
But if you look at it over the long term, I mean, it, it just keeps going up. Wrapping your head around the difference between something like the United States dollar and something like Bitcoin, wrapping your head around the difference and how that works, looking at it from the perspective of the cryptocurrency versus the perspective of the dollar is key to also understanding how government controls you through their financial tools, Mm -hmm. their financial oppression, I should say, because it's really what it is. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing. Cryptocurrency gives everyone the ability to to completely sidestep government control. So, I mean... uh, in the news recently was the uh, you know when the when the Canadian government decided you aren't allowed to use a bank you aren't allowed to send money on, on uh, GoFundMe or give send go well cryptocurrency is a way of sidestepping that uh, in the more recent sanctions where like just unprecedented sanctions because like what has always happened for hundreds of years. Every sovereign nation respected the ownership of every other sovereign nation. Because, I mean, that's the scam, right? You don't want to give away the scam that you are currently in. So to to not respect a, a another nation and their property rights would give away your scam. So they never did. And it, this was throughout Europe. This was the, the princes of Africa. I mean, everyone. It's the principle of gangs. Right. right? Territory, mm. turf. Right. Yep. They all respected each other's turf. And then now the United States goes around and steals like two-thirds of a trillion dollars from the Russians is what it really equates to. Now, wait. How do they do that? Just so freezing the, assets or what? So the, yeah, exactly. Uh, freezing the assets in their mm-hmm. foreign exchange market. So they had like $630 billion dollars in foreign exchange, uh, in, in foreign currencies. And the United States goes, yeah, you're not allowed to access that anymore. Mm. And you're also not allowed to use our banking system at all, which is just the dumbest possible move from their perspective, and I'm really glad that they made it. And the really scary part to me is that we're seeing this done to a, a foreign entity, a foreign country, Right. Uh, and that, of course, means that it can be done to individuals. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. They've been doing that for a long time. Well, and it's going to get worse because now we're seeing it on this type of a scale where even supposedly private companies, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all sorts of other companies have jumped on. Airbnb, Netflix. Yeah. Tons uh, of them. Uh, and, and said, oh, yeah, we're not. And so now just imagine, you know, you do or you say something like, I'm here on the air, we're here on the air, we say something, all of a sudden. Cut off. Cut off. You know, our Netflix is cut off, our bank accounts are cut off, we can't access our money, right? And if you think that's not going to happen, I suggest you read a history book. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and the, the thing that's amazing about this, like our entire like dollar dominance of the world relied on other countries wanting to have debt in U.S. dollars. And you've just told them, if you have debt in U.S. dollars, you may or may not be able to collect it depending on how displeased we are with what you're doing mm-hmm. so they've they've cut off their own roots as a, an attempt to take over asia essentially yeah. i i feel and i think i've said this before but i think the most important market to be free of government interference or of government at all is currency Yep, and now you do have that opportunity. I know you got more to say, I think, on this uh, oh, topic yeah. here, Peakless Mountaineer. That's on the way in hour number two. Of course, you're welcome to weigh in here. If you want to join the show, you can get on the phones at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian. Peacos Mountaineer. I'm the captain. Uh, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. Uh, I know, Peakless, you had some more thoughts you wanted to share on the status of money and the war, uh, the conflict going on over in Ukraine. There's, of course, lots to say about that, so uh, we're going to get back into it. But also, again, your calls and thoughts. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Let's go first to Jet. He's calling from Idaho tonight. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh-oh. Okay, I'll be real quick, but um, I want to be able to pass along here every time just a few questions that I believe everyone needs to ask themselves on a regular basis. And um, very simply, it's a short list. And number one is, by what magic do certain people, just other humans, get to rob other humans to support their livelihood? Number two By what magic do certain people, just other humans, get to make rules over other humans, other than a father over his children, let's say? By what magic do certain people get to make rules over nature, what God has created? And by what magic do certain people, just other humans, get to arrest people, other humans, who break their bogus rules, or pass judgment over them, or beat jail, or kill them, for example, because they have simply disobeyed. This is the question. These are the questions that I want to just ask everybody all the time. By what magic does it happen? Because in my mind, if, as you said, we are all equal, where does this magic come from? Belief. Those are great questions. The magic of belief. Well, uh, yeah, that's really what it is. Uh, Superstition, belief. Uh, well, they believe that if they go and they punch a chat on a piece of paper and drop it in a box along with a bunch of other people, uh, that that legitimizes a whole ton of violence mm-hmm. and uh, this entire quote-unquote system. But it, it really does come down to a mass delusion uh, that this thing really does exist. And if enough people stop believing in it, then a lot can really change. Well, and they, they have a blood... 
Sorry, I just want to say, and and they have a blind faith that there will be no way of getting anything done or of protecting people Mm. if we don't operate by this bizarre ritual. I just want to ask any caller that calls in, for example, where do you where do you think this sorcery comes from? I mean, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable in my mind. I don't know why I was one of those that was spared from just falling in line with the authoritarian point of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the fact was I was <clears throat> nearly drafted into the military and I, I joined for that reason a long time ago. Um, and uh, I did work for the federal and the state governments before I found out how crooked they were. Uh, but So um, you did uh, fall for the, the belief system and then you somehow extracted yourself from it. Well, my father was in World War One and World War Two, and a policeman in between, a detective. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, of course, very authoritarian um, around the house, and um, and so I just, you know, just like just like growing up in weather conditions where it's always raining outside or um, cold or something like that. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You just you grow up in this thing until until your brain kicks in. But fortunately, at some point in um, in high school, I got a taste of it. And 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 earlier, I guess, when I started working, where I uh, got this paycheck and I went through it, and I go, you know, okay, X times dollars times number of hours. I'm going to get enough to go buy this or buy that. And then I look at the thing and I'm going, what? What's <laughs> happening here? I mean, the robbery. You know, just kind of, I knew there was something wrong with the picture, but mm-hmm. it didn't come clear until my early 20s, where I just, um, I found myself, like I said, working for the state and the feds, and I'm looking around, all this waste and all this corruption, and the people, all the political uh, games that they play and all this stuff, and uh, fortunately, you know, the good Lord opened my eyes completely. Was there one thing in particular, or was it just a, a bunch of different little, you know, details that kind of you came to a conclusion one day, like, you know, the blinders had been torn off? Well, no, it was a series of things. And like I said, mostly started in high school, mm-hmm. where, and just after where, let's say the coach, the coaches decided, I played football in high school, and I went out to college, and I, I made the freshman team at a Big Ten college. And uh, one day the coach came to me uh, and said, uh, it's either your hair or football. And I said to him, I thought I left this crap in high school. I remember that lie of like, no, no, it'll all be better once you get to college. Then I got to college and it's like, no, no, it'll all be better once you get to grad school. And I'm like, wait a second, I already fell for this one once. Was he saying yeah. you had to cut your hair or you you know you're getting kicked off the team? Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and uh, I mean it just blew my mind. And now of course now you see football players out with hair coming down to their butt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and nobody seems to think differently about it. It's it's I don't know why it started in the first place, where it started, how far back, but all this, all this, where someone else gets to manipulate your life, um, and, well, this, and we just accept it. 
Yeah, th- this is why I thought your second question was better than your because, uh, like, your fir- your first series of questions was uh, by what magic, and I thought the related but like uh, the even better question is where does it come from? Mm. Because that's the important question. That the answer is me. Where does this power yeah. come from? And if I find myself asking the question, where does this power come from? Ultimately, the answer well, is me. And that I, that is what they want to obscure from us more than anything, is they want to obscure from people their own power. But it's more than just you, because I can withdraw my consent and they just don't care. I right. mean, I've told them over and over again to leave me alone and I don't consent to their system. And they just continue to threaten me and, and use violence and throw me in their cages. So, I mean, it's, yeah, and, it's, it's a group thing. And, and the fact is, it's so odd because the average person outweighs or I mean outnumbers these people by tens of thousands <laughs> to one. And yeah. somehow mm-hmm. the magic, the sorcery, the the illusion, delusion, the the spell that was cast upon us um from earliest ages just lingers on until at some point, you know, the eyes are opened. Well, I commend and, I commend you, Jet, for having come out of it. You know, you said somewhere in your twenties, mid twenties, I think it was. Uh, it took me until yeah. I was till I was thirty seven to come out of it, and I commend anybody that's sort of come out. of it. I was totally in it. You know, I might have been, uh, uh, you know, a little bit uh, leaning Republican coming up, but I I would have called myself. I didn't call myself anything, but if I had a, if I you know gun to the head, somebody, what were you back then? I would call myself like a constitutionalist, right? Back in the day, right? Because right. I was brought up in religious households, and they always pointed to the a sacred document. text, yeah. like, well, what does it say in the Bible? Okay, so my knee jerk reaction to everything political was, what does it say in the Constitution? Well, it says this, so therefore, you know, everything else is wrong, except you know if you're going to vote this way or whatever. But then I came out of it, and I went, the whole system is wrong. Well. If you ever want to sometime ask me about uh, all this nonsense that people teach from the Bible, I am a dedicated disciple of Christ, and I have studied the Bible for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. So I, I can defeat any um, any argument that someone has, in other words, that we have to bow down to other humans, um, whether it's uh, naturally or spiritually or logically. Perhaps or another time. Jet, thanks for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Like you know, guy. I'm not convinced that the average person really wants to be free. Because if that was actually what people wanted, then we'd be closer to having something like that. I think it's a minority of people that actually value freedom. It certainly makes people uncomfortable to think about. I think there's a lot of people that want to be told what to do. And that makes me uncomfortable because it's not my way. It's not the way I want to live. But I think there are a lot of people that want to be sure that that's the right thing to do by you accepting it. The number here is 603-283-6160. You can join the show. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. If you want to join us, you can take control of the airwaves. The number is 603-283-6160. And you can bring up whatever is on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian Peekless Mountaineer and Captain Kickass in the studio tonight. By the way, we mentioned Bitcoin earlier in the show. Cryptocurrency. If you want to learn the basics, and you should. If you're interested in learning a new thing, this is an important thing to learn because cryptocurrency is not going anywhere. It is likely going to become more integrated in our lives and businesses. So you're still in the first 15 years here if you start learning about it now. And when you think about 
uh, the scale of what could be considered money, like gold or silver, you know, 15 years drop in the bucket. So we're still in the early end of this uh, cryptocurrency phenomenon, and you should take some time out of your busy schedule to go to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started. At the top of the page, you'll find some introductory videos there, and you can spend as little as three, mi- uh, three minutes and get some basic concepts down. But if you've got a little bit more time than that, then you can dig in deeper well, there. And as young as this is, uh, there's a mathematical principle that says the same amount of time that it takes you to get from zero to ten percent is what it takes you to get from from ten to ninety percent. So hmm. uh, if that if that applies, then by the end of uh, by the end of the decade, ninety percent of the planet's going to have some amount of cryptocurrency. Can, can so you, you guys, may as well do it now. Can you guys imagine just for a minute, like what it might have been like if if like you were like one of the first. You know, in the first fifteen years of the of the wheel, you got in on it, mm-hmm. right? You know, you were able to like buy in or you know be part of the you know. Hey, we're bringing you the wheel, man. Right? That's kind ownership of that thing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of where we're at with cryptocurrency. That, that's right how you now. become a god king, really. Like of your particular right. tribe is like you show up on a skateboard, and they're like, "Whoa." Indeed. Can you imagine people walking around? And go, what is this wheel thing? I don't know. It, it's round and it just turns. I, I don't understand. We uh, would love for you to go and learn more about it over at Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. We're going to start out with actually a call from Germany where it's apparently about one twenty in the morning. Uh, Mark is on the line. She's calling on our SIP line, which is, by the way, SIP.FreeTalkLive.com, SIP.FreeTalkLive.com. If you're an international listener, it's the best way to call in because it costs well, just a few minutes of your time to learn how to get it set up. Uh, and Mark, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, I realized that uh, you didn't, you're not using Discord anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, Discord canceled our server a couple of years ago. We now have what's called a matrix chat server, which you can go to chat.freetalklive.com. And you can actually talk to a lot of the same people from the Discord. It's just, it's not run by a centralized corporation, big tech corporation that can just pull the rug out from under you. Matrix is our own server. We run it on our own system. And uh, so there's no one who controls it except for us, which is pretty sweet. So if you if you haven't checked that out yet, I recommend chat.freetalklive.com. That'll take you through the step-by-step instructions as to how to get in there. But Mark, what were you calling about tonight? Uh, one more thing. Another great thing is I have a uh, desktop client, which I'm using right now for Windows, which is great. Um, yeah, and yeah. it sounds pretty good, like nice bass response. There's not the clearest call, but, Very but it is uh, from Germany, so you won't, you won't get that kind of bass on a uh, on a cell phone, that's for sure. <laughs> um, well, the reason I'm calling is, yeah, I've been listening to Free Talk Live for, God, 20 years now. Wow, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Ever since I've... Ever since I moved to Germany, and uh, I still listen to the podcast daily. Um, but I'm calling because this last two years and the situation we have going on right now is Russia has just basically tipped the scales for me, uh, my life. Um, I've been involved in cryptocurrency for as long as I've been listening to Free Talk Live. Wow. And um, <clears throat> I've basically gotten to the point in my life uh, where I am now um, independent, I have my own business, and uh, nice. I've just basically decided to turn my back on everything that is out there, everything that I'm being told, everything that I read, everything that I see. 
is just not the world in which I live. Hmm. I've basically, I don't want to say I'm a hermit, mm-hmm. but I have my family, I have my place where I live, and it and it's not coming from a point of ignorance. Mm-hmm. It's not coming from a point of, I I do understand that there are outside forces that can affect the way I live, which is happening right now because I'm dependent on suppliers for products mm-hmm. and I'm having difficulty getting some products that I need. Mm-hmm. However, that will not change the way I decide to live my life. I'm just to the point where I just going to turn my back on everything. So when you say that, does that mean that you're done listening to Free Talk Live? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, I'm just I'm just done with taking in this information and having it influence how I behave. So, so we're talking about the corporate media. I'm talking about corporate media. I'm just mm-hmm. while I was waiting, I just just quickly jumped on the internet and looked at some headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And I have headlines about nuclear trajectory from Russia. Russians fearing massive food shortages. You know, Democrats are, you know, grilling uh, a high executive corporate uh, for gas prices. And it's just constant bombardment. And the people who listen to this and they, and they take it in, mm-hmm. it influences it. them. Fear. Exactly. It's fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a constant diet of fear being fed to them by the uh, these mainstream media pieces. And not just the mainstream, but, you know, Alex Jones lives off and dies off of fear. I mean, there's plenty of fear mongering out there for people. And I, I don't blame you for being fed up about it at all. In fact, I think there's a lot of people that live this way. There's a lot of people who are completely unaware of what is going on in the world unless it slaps them right in the face. And I don't blame them for that at all. And the fear yeah. fun- does function as a feedback loop. Because, I mean... It- this already happened. This whole thing with uh, with the Ukraine already happened in Crimea, except that time our, our corporate media had a different thing to focus on. They were already scaring everyone about a virus and they wanted to f- keep the focus on that. If I if I haven't screwed up my my uh, memory of uh, when it happened. But either way, it was one thing or another that they didn't really want to focus on this. But. Okay, so the same thing happens again, but this time all of the corporate media focuses on it and everyone gets really worked up about the Donbass when they didn't get worked up about Crimea. So it just feeds back into itself so that it becomes a bigger thing so that the invasion becomes a bigger invasion so that, I mean, it's wild. And And what about Syria? Yeah, I mean, people yeah, kind right. of forget. Yeah. People forget that that's still going on. I mean, yeah. my my wife is a director of a school, and she has constant, constant children from Syria coming in hmm. because this place is still under bombardment. But we don't hear anything about that, right? So I, you know, I I just want to say one last thing, and sure. that is, I really do appreciate um, the one. <laughs> I I still remember the first time. I still remember the first time I heard a Free Talk Live podcast. And from that point on, um, I will have to say I've been out of the United States for 25 years, and I am so glad that I left um, because it gave me an opportunity to see the country in which I live from a different perspective. And I'm glad I found Free Talk Live. 
uh, because well, it has opened up my eyes for a long time. Thank and, you, uh, Mark, for the kind words. I appreciate you being out there, and thanks for staying up late to talk to us uh, tonight. Feel free to call anytime now that you got that SIP line. It's super easy to jump in here. Uh, always good to get opinions from outside uh, that perspective. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're coming up here. You can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, live Saturday show. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. You're invited to join the show at this phone number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Or you can use the SIP line like the last gentleman from Germany did. And you don't have to be international to call in a uh, SIP line. You can do it from anywhere as long as you got a decent internet connection. Uh, you can go to SIP, S-I-P. FreeTalkLive.com, and you can learn how to call us from there. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. David is first up here listening to WQXL in Columbia, South Carolina. Go ahead, David. Yes, sir. Greetings from the great Palmetto State. Thanks. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I wanted to touch base with a couple of topics that I heard previous caller kind of bring up. Um, you know, okay, let's say, I, let's say I go work for you. You own a business, and I come to work for you. And you say, great, David, you start on Monday, and you're going to be in Office 105. What's to stop me from, from taking Office 205? Well, Probably you... my agreement that I'm working for you, that, that right. I have to go by your rules. So when someone says, well, we, we go by these laws and rules here, you know, there's, there's nothing keeping you here. If, if you don't log the laws in a certain place, you go somewhere else. So there's been a majority of people that pass a certain law. We, we, because we choose to live here, the price oh, for did you choose where you got born? Because I think I, I missed that I got meeting. Born. Right, but I'm but I'm an adult and I can go where I want. I've got a no. Friend. You can't. You got to ask permission first. Well, but I've got a friend who. This I'll is just his blow line right of past call. that one. No, no. Okay, let's say I get pulled over for speeding. Okay, cop pulls me over. Mm-hmm. I pull over, and he's he's engaging with me, and then all of a sudden I get out of my car, and I run from him, and he chases after me. And I do whatever else, and he has to then, you know, use his weapon against me. Oh, he has to. I have a friend. I, well, I have a friend of mine that says, for example, let's say, let's say I, I strike the officer, and then he has to then strike me back. In his line of thought, I got stricken because I was speeding. Like, no, that, that was a totally separate incident. But he, he tries to link the two, like, 
because you were speeding, that's why this officer used force against I, I, you. you. You went two different places there, so I'm going to back up to the first thing you said. Right. And okay. that is that uh, you know you you could choose to go somewhere else. Okay. Can you tell right. me where on planet Earth there is a piece of land that is not claimed by any government? There's probably not. You're right. But there's nothing, there's no law that says you can't start in other countries. There's no law that says I can't overtake <laughs> there's lots, actually. somebody. There's a principle that says I should not use violence to enforce my opinions on other human beings. And that is the principle that I choose to live by. If you want to live your life the way you want to, I'm fine with that. You go ahead and do that as long as you're not harming me or anybody I care about. I don't have to defend okay. myself from you. And you should live your life in the same way. And if we all did that, then we would all quickly realize hey, having countries is unnecessary. I agree with the premise there should be two laws. Don't hurt anybody and don't take their property, okay? Okay. But let's say, let's say someone breaks in my house. What are my means to stop them? Do I have to kill them? I mean, no. that's not the kind of world I'm going to live in. Do you have to? Well, no. Well, at Do some you point, have a right have to? to? Mm, maybe. Does, do. does having government prevent anybody from breaking into your house? No, it doesn't. All right. So then the same things uh, apply currently that apply in your imaginary scenario. Okay. But I guess, like I say, ultimately there's no law that says I have to stay here. There's no law that says I have to live by these rules. I, I can go wherever I want to go. No, you can't. Free market. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish it were true. But no, you <laughs> cannot leave this plantation without Mass's permission. And that comes in the form of a document they now call the passport, which, by the way, didn't exist, as I understand it, before World War II, was it? Yeah. No, there was no such mm -hmm. thing. But now there is. Well, and so if you try to leave without one, you're going to find out that uh, men with guns are going to tell you you can't. Wait, wait. Is that, does that law says keeps you from leaving or keeps me going to some other place? I think the passport wall is... What's the difference between leaving and going so, to some other place? going from A to B, it really doesn't matter if you're not allowed to leave A or not allowed to enter B. You still can't go I from A to B. I'll tell you what, you're not going to get on the airplane without being able to scan the passport at the uh, you know the Orwellian scanner thing that you have to put all your biometrics in to get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just... I'd look at it in more just realistic that we agree to live in this society. You agree no. to live in it by... When, by when did you sign this agreement, and can I see a copy? Like I said, you can go somewhere else. No, have, you can't. I, I, don't I have circle. groups of people that I agree to be in a society with. The United States of America is not one of them. And, and to your well, point, I did go somewhere else. I, I came to New Hampshire to be around other people who have the same ideas of freedom as I do. So I'm I'm already here, but there's still a bunch respect. of psychopaths around here that just don't care about our agreements and don't care about what we want and the, they don't yep. care about peace and they're willing to use violence against us and you're okay with that, right? Because somebody signed a social contract, David. I guess I just never heard of a case where someone said, "Hey, I'm moving to another country," and our country said, "No, you can't do that." I've just never heard of that happening. I yeah, mean, no, it's no, I, it's called you don't have a passport. <laughs> well, I'm saying, but let's say you get a passport. Well, that means you have to beg for permission from your master first wow. in order to get the passport. It, it, this is Mark, is it? It's David. David. David, um, how come birds don't have to show a passport when they fly south for the winter? <laughs> they go they go wherever they want to because of climate. I mean, <laughs> right. Okay, how about, uh, how about a moose that crosses from the United States into Canada? 
does the moose have to show a passport? Well, they're not a sentient human being. So, so a, a moose and a bird are more free than I am as a human being. Sad but true. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't. And know. look, I David, a, to your other point, well, let's just presume you are able to get the passport, the permission okay. slip from Massa, and then you can go to some other place. Right. Well, then you got to ask the new Massa for permission mm-hmm. to come in, and they may or may not be interested in having you on their plantation. Or how long you can stay or, you know, or how much money you have to pay to become a citizen of their plantation now. Yep. There's no place to go on the face of the planet that actually welcomes free people and is a free place. Uh, Let's say I had a boat and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to Spain. I don't care about this country anymore. I'm going to go to Spain. There's no law that says I can't get that boat, put it in one of of these beautiful beaches here in South Carolina, get on the water and just go. Nobody's going to reach out and grab me and pull me back. Sure, you can live out on the ocean, uh, and you're not really subject to very much. You you might be surprised at how effective things like the Coast Guard are when it comes to patrolling the seas Mm -hmm. for uh, vessels Uh. that are departing for points unknown. But when you get to Spain, they're certainly going to have a thing or two to say to you when you show up on their their beach. Or as soon as they discover that you're there without permission, those people are going to try to stop you from doing that. Of course, I could over if I if I decide to go somewhere that I can overwhelm that 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 small island or whatever. I can overwhelm them, and then it becomes my law. And I you're going to overwhelm an entire population of people with what your charm? <laughs> or are you going to use violence to do so? Because that's the part I'm against: is using violence to enforce your opinions on somebody well, else. Okay, so my opinion is I should have that TV set in your house. You're going to use violence against me. Well, so the whole the whole premise that we that's defensive. Yeah, if you if you try yeah, the, yes. the whole premise that we have already established is personal property. So, like, you own your body, and if your body does a thing, you own that thing. Now, if your body does something bad, you got to fix it. Something good, then you get to benefit. Now, I, I with my body have traded for, say, a television, whatever my change to nature is, and mm-hmm. that makes it mine. So in order for you in order for you to even steal you have to violate the very principle itself because if there's no property ownership then you can't actually have that TV even if it's in your hands. I mean yeah, it's weird I, I but know. like <laughs> it, it's weird but like you can't be consistent and steal. It's impossible. David, thanks for the call tonight. It's an interesting discussion to have here. The reality of it is there is no such thing as a social contract. As much as the advocates of the state or government want you to believe in it, they still can't show it to you. Still wait and see it. And I wouldn't sign it if they did. Probably not. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Thanks for the call, David. we got uh, time for you if you want to join the show. Plenty of time, actually. 603-283-6160. Join us. Talk live, and you can join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. Live Saturday episode of the show, and the number again 603 283 6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian, Beakless Mountaineer, and the captain. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. we got more to say on the subject of money and the conflict going on in Ukraine. Uh, but we're going back to your phone calls first. We go to River Dave calling us from New Hampshire on the river. 
River Dave, hey, go ahead. Guys. Hey, hey you got a real hermit on here tonight. I've been called that several times lately. I, I don't have a computer nor TV either one, but I do listen to you guys. All right. Thanks, River Dave. <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm still looking for information on Eisenhower's 5BX. During the last Cold War, he was really worried about the uh, physical condition of the military in general, and he took the 5BX program of the Royal Canadian Air Force, put a point system with it, and did a one-time test of everybody in the military. Uh, I took it in 1958 in the summer, that fall, the lieutenant came from the Pentagon and accused me of cheating. Eisenhower had publicly said there was no way an 18-year-old Ammon Basic could beat everybody in the Air Force. So they challenged the Air Force to a head-to-head -head competition. I represented the Air Force, and I beat them again. And before it, there was a press conference. So what is this, some sort of physical kind of test? Yeah, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and running a quarter mile. Okay. And he put a, a point system. The more you did, the more points you got. So my accumulated number was the highest in the military. I mean, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard. Wow. And wow. They, and I was only 18 Airman Basic. I had just I, I was in tech school. I hadn't even uh, graduated from tech school yet. Hmm. So we did a head-to-head -head competition uh, about uh, October 20, uh, 22nd, 24th, somewhere in there, 1958. Now, if anybody has the uh, Lowry Air Force Base, uh, Lowry Airmen, the journal, or any uh, uh, newspaper articles like that, there was five or six newspapers that asked me questions in the news conference. I'm I'm looking for the information. I, I hadn't said anything about this all my life. I'm, I'm 82 now, and I'm, you know, I'm okay. going to be kicking off, and my kids don't even know about it. So, you know, because I, I didn't want to brag. but Yeah, I was, call, I was uh, just going to say, is that why you're calling tonight, to just uh, you know, brag about your prowess and being no, able to defeat I, I, every I, other I, military man? I would like to have my kids know, you know, that their dad did spend some time. I spent my six years in the military, and I saw on on uh, the radar screens Russian bombers, those big bear bombers, come right up over there. I was stationed in Goose Bay, Labrador, and uh, when they scrambled, they would come up over the Arctic Circle, and I was up there in a fighter interceptor squadron with F-102s, and we would go up with nuclear weapons and make them turn around and go back. And it, wow, that's we, crazy. they played games with us week after month after. I was up there fifteen months, and you know at least. That's funny that he called about this. I just watched Doctor Strangelove uh, this very week. <laughs> as a matter of fact, yeah. uh, River Dave, thanks for calling with the uh, the old war story. I guess appreciate it. River Dave was. He was fit before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> the number is 603-283-6160. Uh, so we go to, uh, let's see here, uh, unscreen caller from uh, 989 Area Code. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hi, uh, this is Bradley from Michigan. Bradley, um, you're on the air. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the last caller, not the one that just called, but the yes. one that was basically saying, you know, if you don't like it here, you can always leave. Ah, uh, that one, yes. <clears throat> So um, here's the thing. Uh, when you think about how governments were created in the first place, 
they were created a long time ago, well before the social contract theory was, you know, ever thought of. Mm-hmm. So the divine right of kings. Why is it that the justification for government is all of a sudden now, you know, coming out with the social contract theory? <laughs> well, because people started questioning it. I mean, if well, you yeah, if you honestly believed that there was divine blood in this particular line, and that's why they had a right to rule over you, then they didn't need a social contract. Well, they cut your head off you. if uh, you question the king. Right? Well, and th- and that's something you can get away with if you have enough people that believe mm-hmm. that you have the blood of gods and they don't. So as yeah, soon, that's the thing uh, is like uh, the justification just came out. And the government was created a long time ago. So that's all it is, is a justification. That doesn't make it, you know, solid. Pay pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) That's the Wizard of Oz, man, you know, when the justification's coming out because somebody peeked behind the curtain, you know, little Toto drug the the curtain away. And so they had to respond somehow, in some way, to sort of justify the scam that is statism. Well, yeah, they've they've had to modify their reasoning over all this time because now they have to pretend like, oh, we're the government. Right back then, it was they're the government. You knew it, and if you stepped out of line, you'd be killed, right, by the king's men or whatever. Uh, but now you, you know, in some places, not the whole world, but at least in this plot of land, this plantation, you have the right to question the king. You can actually speak out for the most part and question the situation. And so they had to come up with some better answers well, for and, for people. And the thing is, the way this got established in the very first place, they proved it. They proved, hey, we have the biggest gang. If you fight us, we will just kill you. Mm-hmm. So it it evolved from we can simply kill you. We have more. We have more beefy guys with more weapons. It evolved from that into a, a, a more subtle explanation, a more articulate explanation. And this way, we don't have to actually prove that we can kill you, which is how we end up in a circumstance. Which they still now. is what backs it all up. And right. when it, when yeah. it comes down well, to it, sort of, because at this point. We outnumber them so horrendously sure. that they can't actually kill us if we decide that this isn't how things run anymore. Right. Well, when you say we, you mean average people compared to the people calling themselves the state. But most, as we go back to what we were talking about before, most of those average people fully believe and buy into the state. They exactly. are completely within uh, the the uh, the delusion. Cognitive so, Stockholm Dissonance Syndrome. Yeah. So that's what's got to change, and unfortunately it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon, because government's handing out checks left and right, and people sure do love themselves a check. Well, it's sure changing here in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's it seems to be going in the right direction here in New Hampshire. We're seeing a large number of people migrating here as part of the Free State Project, for instance. Record numbers of freedom-loving activists are coming here. And really, that's what's going to change the minds of the average person, is if they actually encounter the message of liberty often enough to where it's no longer this freak occurrence that just every so often somebody pops up on the radio or pops up on the streets. No, if it's actually happening every day or every week in their life, they're hearing the ideas of freedom, they're going to be much more receptive to them, and they're going to be much more likely to say things like, oh yeah, I always agreed with you guys. And and I will say that even outside of uh, things like this, 
ordinary people throughout the world are starting to question, well, wait a second, what exactly are the legitimate powers that government should have? And it's things like the the trucker protest in Canada and the absolutely authoritarian response Mm -hmm. to the trucker protest that are making ordinary people still start to question, well, now, wait a second, what powers should they have that I don't have? Yes. Bradley, any other thoughts? Yeah, all I know is I was born here, and I didn't ask to be part of their club, and I shouldn't have to pay an exit tax to leave either. Right. Yeah, that's another great point. We didn't bring that up with the the last guy. It's like, yeah, okay, you can get permission from Massa to leave while they also literally have an exit tax yeah. uh, if you want to renounce citizenship for instance you've got to pay them yeah and also if you do leave you know because you get like a job or something uh, overseas uh, you still get taxed at the u.s rate until you renounce your citizenship right and then they so, tax you again once they yeah. to put the renunciation through you got to pay whatever right. they say basically well, roger veer had to pay six figures well and 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 let's say let's say you jump through all these hoops and you pay all this money okay well what if you're say julian assange mm-hmm. who has never been an american citizen but they suddenly decide you know what you're you're treasonous you're treasonous against a country that you have never had <laughs> any to, allegiance yeah. to mm-hmm. real or imagined they so, can grab I mean, you back if they want to. And their buddies in uh, the UK or Spain or wherever it is you end up, their co-police will just do whatever they're told to do because they want, you know, if they, want, if, uh, they ask for the U.S. for a favor, they want the U.S. police to do them a favor. So they just all scratch each other's backs when it comes to keeping the system in place. Thanks for the call, Bradley. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, hour number three is on the way here. And, of course, money is a topic that we keep coming back to, especially now with inflation being what it is. It's affecting a lot of people. It uh, affects everybody that's inside the government money system, which is probably 99% of uh, the population at this point, unless you've completely escaped into crypto or gold and silver. The number is 603-283-6160, and you are invited to join us here coming up in Hour 3 on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Picking up the third hour of the program. The phones are open here. You can join us. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Deepless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. we got lots to talk about, but, of course, phone calls uh, are coming first here, so we're going to go back to the phones and to the fun where we have, let's see here, Stephen is on the line to start things out here in hour number three, listening to WQXL in South Carolina, Columbia. Go ahead, Stephen. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why financial advisors won't suggest or, you know, even entertain like a normal person investing in crypto. And I I have a few reasons why I think you can tell me what you think about those reasons. Uh, One reason is they keep talking about timing the market, you know, like cryptos, like if you bought a month and a half ago, the crypto market went down or it was up high and then it crashed, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the same can be said for stock market. You know, you're timing the market. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, when yep. you go buy gas, you're essentially timing the market because like mm-hmm. last night I went and bought gas to fill my tank up and today gas is slower. So I lost like five bucks. And well, over and a year's time, that money adds up. 
But uh, And no and matter also, what the price is at, it's a good reason not to buy it now. Oh, it dropped to it drop I was I'm waiting until it drops to twenty. If it drops twenty, oh I'm waiting until it drops to ten. Mm-hmm. So uh, exactly. the real reason, of course, is that banks and financial institutions the globe over are still deathly afraid of cryptocurrency because they know exactly. it's coming for them it's coming for their industry it's coming for their livelihood it's coming for their institutions it's coming and it's not going to stop now these institutions of course you know these employees who are financial advisors if you might employ one of these they have signed an agreement that says i will only pimp the things that my particular company is pimping mm. and if one of those things is not cryptocurrency then when you bring it up they're going to they're going to poo poo it right they're going to give you 30,000 reasons not to get into it because it's not in their company's interest and therefore not in their interest to give you actual advice instead of what they're required to give well, there are some of them out there. Uh, we know Tim Pichot, for instance, who's been on the show in the past, and he is absolutely a pro-crypto as far as financial advising is concerned. Um, and I don't speak to the, this type of person generally, so I'm just going to speculate here. Uh, I understand that a lot of people, when they invest, they want a sure thing, right? Like you just want to put money into a thing and number go up right over time. That's what people want. They A lot of them, they invest conservatively because of that. And for people that are looking for that, the financial advisor is certainly not going to mention cryptocurrency because it's it's definitely not a sure thing. I mean, yeah. we, we can see that over time it has gone up. Typically, crypto has risen over time, but of course, there's no guarantee uh, that that is going to continue. And there's generally no guarantee with even the you know a lot of the conservative investments, but they certainly have a track record. Uh, and so people consider them to be uh, much safer. So I imagine that a financial advisor, given that they presume their customers want some level of security or safety, are not going to even begin to suggest cryptocurrency. Well, well and- yeah, and, you know, like, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the future it's going to be so advanced that it's our phones, are they're going to actually pay us to use our phones because our da- our phones are essentially computers. So they can run background apps in the background that are going to be verifying transactions and making us money. And then a bank account, what the interest rate on a bank account is like, you know, like 0.25 or something, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's pathetic. They give me a nickel like every year or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got one the other day. It was uh, $5.42. Was that like for a whole year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, it was a quarterly payment. Ooh, big money. Yeah, ooh. So I think there, I think there's actually two ways that you would get paid. So uh, using your phone, I think uh, you, we could reach the point where uh, where pools get uh, sufficiently sophisticated uh, that even the small amount of processing power that your phone does have, uh, they can tap into that. Uh, more importantly than that, though, like uh, right now, it's kind of strange that you're generating all of this information that's getting uh, harvested from you, and I mean they're paying you indirectly. So like Facebook is free. But uh, they harvest all this information from you and sell that to advertisers, whereas in the future, and partly because you can make such tiny transactions with cryptocurrency that it can be like a millionth of a penny and that's fine, uh, that these – the. The information that you're generating and knowing about you will be something that you can actually get paid for if you give them access to that information, and you can deny them access for that information if you don't want to get paid for it. And you should get paid for it, you know. Like, I think I think that's where NFTs are going to come in. 
personally, I think NFTs are going to come in because you can you can essentially take all your Facebook photos if it was cheap enough, turn it into an NFT. So that if Facebook decided they want to, you know, you wanted to use Facebook, they would have to pay you when you posted. You know, like I don't see that uh, business model ever becoming real for Facebook. It just doesn't. It doesn't yeah. make sense uh, that that would ever be the case. There's but. been. Uh, plenty of theorization of what he's talking about though where you know you somehow keep your own personal data in like a bubble and mm-hmm. then you decide when and who gets access to it and you know for what cost or is it free and that kind of a thing there's there's been plenty of theorization about that the future is awaiting it just needs more developers so if you're a a kid or if you're a parent of a kid i highly uh suggest that you encourage your children to become developers because that's what it's going to take to make it all happen Uh, the cryptocurrency the blockchain right all of that is great and it's going to get even better but right now the user interfaces kind of suck so we need Mm -hmm. it to be better in that way and once it does uh, once it becomes better that's when everything will certainly take off well that's i think that's sorry I was just going to say, and that's sort of a, a back-and-forth bootstrapping process. We improve the user interface, more people get on it. More people get on it, we improve the user interface, and back and forth. Exactly. I think it's got a lot to do with transaction fees. So mm. if they can get the transaction fees for, like, uh, an NFT or just buying crypto in general, uh, if they can get it down to pennies, then it's gonna it's just gonna take off in my opinion. Well, it's already down to that. It's just uh, some of the cryptos like Bitcoin and Ethereum are much higher than pennies, unfortunately. But back in the uh, the old days when Bitcoin was newer, it was usually less than a cent's worth of Bitcoin in order to send any transaction, and that's still true on cryptos like Dash, for instance, or. Um, Bitcoin Cash yeah. in, in most cases. Yeah. So it just depends on which crypto you're using. And then if you get into something like Stellar, then you're getting into fractions of a fraction of uh, of a penny. I mean, it's almost and, nothing. And there. on the ones that do charge uh, uh, non-micro fees, mm-hmm. uh, there's still the possibility and I think that this is going to be a major uh, and important step is uh, what they call Layer 2, uh, which like right now is yeah. the the Lightning Network and I think that uh, what, what part of the next step will be is a lot of people offering to essentially function as banks on uh, networks like Lightning that uh, instead of charging the five bucks to do uh, uh, a Bitcoin transaction, they do uh, what they call an off-chain uh, bunch of transactions. So like mm-hmm. you, where you've you've got a chunk of, uh, say, Bitcoin or whatever it is, uh, you move that around yourself and charge little fees for that. And like you have it tied up in, uh, and fortunately, the programming allows us to be certain that uh, all of this is above board. Um, but then you only put that onto the uh, the permanent record every so often. Yeah, Lightning so has its cri- uh, its critics, uh, that's for sure. And I, I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical that it's, it it's needs even development, a good idea. Honestly. Ethereum, though, has made some strides in the reduction of fees. It's still not where it needs to be to make Ethereum a practical thing for you to exchange on a you know daily basis and that kind of thing. But thank you, Stephen, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. I mean, what we're talking about here with Bitcoin and Ethereum are these two dinosaurs, basically. I mean, these, these are <laughs> know, two right? of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there, and the idea that they're well, going to be... Well, that's part of the appeal, honestly, with a lot of people. That they've been around for a long time? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, especially Bitcoin. Like, a lot of people are like, well, but it's information. You can't... If you copy it, then there's no scarcity. So they feel more secure with what is a dinosaur. 
Yeah, I don't. I just don't think the uh, the Model T is going to be the one that wins the race. All well, said, we'll have and to dis- when, agree to disagree. Yeah, when all one. is said and done, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. As though there will ever be all that's said and done, but uh, <laughs> there's constant development, constant new things coming out. It's a very exciting space. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. 603-283-6160. By the way, I want to say thank you to Elephant in the Room, who is a supporter. Ella? Elephant. Elephant? In the Room. I don't know if it's a lady or a man or whatever, but uh, Elephant has been supporting Free Talk Live via the AMPS program, which stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support at a silver level, meaning that Elephant is contributing as little as five bucks a month to help us uh, get Free Talk Live out there on a more great radio station. So if you like what we do and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go to amps.freetalklive.com. amps.freetalklive.com. You get some cool perks like Elephant has done over at amps.freetalklive.com. We go back to Robert or to the phones here. We got Robert in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I just wanted to say that. Um, you were talking about places on Earth where no country has really claimed it. And um, in the end, the Arctic situation, I don't think that they've ever, ever have gotten <laughs> Wow, you have not looked into this. Uh, Antarctica is not only fully claimed, but there are several sections that are pl- claimed by multiple countries. Hmm. Okay, well, I remember a long time ago... Um, there was a country that was having a problem and they needed a vehicle, which they didn't have. So they called Italy and asked if they could uh, have the key to open the um, the Italian house there with a with, a, with an, a, an attached garage so that they could use their vehicle. So the Italians told them where the key was and said, you sure, go right ahead. Are we still talking so they, about they, Antarctica? Yes, Antarctica, that's right. Okay. An Italian villa in Antarctica, here on Free Talk Live. Yeah, it was an it was an Italian little settlement. What do they call it? A little settlement. You know where they have their their stuff, and they they didn't occupy it all year long. Uh, and and um, during the time when it wasn't being occupied, like I said, they wanted to find out if they could use the vehicle. So they called Italy over this over the what do they call that that phone that goes by by uh, over the satellite. And they called Italy and they and they asked the Italians if they could if they could borrow the the, the vehicle. And the Italians said sure. Okay. They told them where the key was. They went in and they barred the vehicle and they gave it back, and that was it. What does this have to do with anything? Know, no area uh, of the planet that hasn't been claimed by government. Well, I just wanted to let you know that you know other obviously other countries were in that same immediate area, so that's that's a sign that, that it isn't it isn't roped off. The security is obviously very low because uh, nobody you know they didn't have any special security. They just said. Just because a government cooperated with another government doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that if I went to that particular uh, 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 Italian villa or settlement or whatever (laughs) in Antarctica without permission, they would not be fond of the idea. Well, they'd have to research who did it and go through that trouble. And I obviously they... Well, if we're talking about practicalities, then why are we discussing Antarctica? Because it's pretty darn impractical. Oh, well, there are other 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 ideas as well. well I, I don't mean, know if they would have to you, research much, because if you're living there, they would just have to go up and, you know, capture you. Right. right. 
I mean, if you're just well, talking about going for a weekend and sleeping in their little villa and then leaving and there's no one else around, okay, yeah, I guess they would have to research that. But I think the guy that was calling was talking about moving to a place, going to some sort of place that would be a freer place. Oh, he was talking about, well, you're in the United States of America. If you don't like it, you can leave. That's what he was talking about. Yeah, and Robert, you're really trying to tell people they can move to Antarctica? Well, actually, the Antarctica is very large, number one. And number two, there is a part of it that extends oh, that extends down toward the very southern tip of South America. That's called Tierra del Fuego. And, and there's a strait down there. And on the other side of the strait is already Antarctica. So, so it, yeah, it's I know it's Yeah, it's one of the contested areas that is claimed by multiple uh, governments, I'm fairly certain. I don't know about you guys, but all of a sudden, I am hungry for some <laughs> Antarctalian food. <laughs> some penguins. <laughs> Uh, thanks for the call tonight, Robert. Strange call. Um, Spaghetti and penguin meatballs? It would seem that if you're living in an area that is claimed by multiple governments, that would be the least place uh, that would be as far as, like, easy to live, there's not any conflict going on here, or you've, you're in a war zone, basically, at that point. Yeah. I, I like the dish called uh, linguine. It's uh, linguine and penguin. <laughs> Uh, we go to Sarah. She's on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Sarah. Oh, yes. I just want to mention that they've been talking really bad about Saudi Arabia lately. Uh, and the whole big thing about it is this massive execution that they've done this year. But I have I know the reason why that, you know, Saudi Arabia is America's enemies or they're demonized because... Um, China has been buying one-fourth of their petrol oils, and their buddies with China, Yi was over there um, having their own currency that they could exchange between Saudi Arabia and, and China. So That is what get- they're discussing, which is well, so a, a really interesting and major change because in the 70s, uh, OPEC, right? including uh, including primarily uh, Saudi Arabia, agreed never to sell uh, oil to anyone unless it was for U.S. dollars. Uh, then uh, in uh, February 5th, apparently, America stopped helping Saudi Arabia with its genocide in Yemen. And uh, now Saudi Arabia is talking to China about uh, selling them oil for Chinese uh, yuan. Well, they, they have been buying one quarter of their Chinese oil from Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. already. Yes. So no wonder they made yes, a big deal US about dollars. the... And that's one of the reasons why China was so happy uh, being owed U.S. dollars, is because they could buy uh, the Saudi Arabian oil with it. Well, I mean, that was the whole thing. That, that they, they play, they, they act like they're capitalists now, so they could trade with the West so they could build up their money and buy war weapons and they fund uh, Russia with it. That's the whole point is to that they have to pretend that like they're, they're um, capitalists so they can have their spies over here well, and copy all of If you don't act in a capitalist way, then you can't build up resources. Right, but that's a, it's a ploy, but I could see that. And, you know, Saudi Arabia, the, the crown prince, his father passed away, so he's now taking over, and he runs the things the way that he wants to run it. Mm-hmm. And so it's back to the original alliance. They've always been anti-Israel. Uh, they've been enemies with anti- uh, Israel in the biblical days for 3,000 mm-hmm. years. And also uh, they've always been anti-British. The British tried to colonize Arabia like a 100 well, the House of Saud hasn't existed for 3,000 years, but uh, I, I take your meaning anyway. Well, I mean, every, 
country that surrounded Israel, the Semites, the Hippites, the Sabbatites, or whatever, all those ites, they were all Arabic descent. The hypocrites. Yeah, hypocrites. <laughs> I mean, the, the Hittites, so they've always been, the Arabic's always well, been anti-Jewish. are Arabs. I mean, like, that. that, that is the, the lineage there. Well, I mean, the, the Israelis were always surrounded by enemies, and one of them were that part of the uh, yeah, nationality. And so, back at, in the day. Okay, so... so the U.S. backs up Israel with weapons, and they've always backed up Israel, so that if they have an alliance against Israel, they always have to be against America also. So that's the kind of the alliance that I'm looking at. The U.S. At. backs and up so, Israel and then has to be against America, is what you just said? So the, the, the Arab, Arab, that was a natural alliance. It's a, it's a, if they were anti gay. I'm totally so lost at this point, but thanks for the She's call. She's so almost there most of the time. Almost. Just, yeah. Well, I know you wanted to comment on this oh, uh, Saudi Arabian situation that could change the face of the petrodollar worldwide. We'll uh, get to that next. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Live Saturday show here tonight. And in with you, Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Peakless, before we go back to the phones, I don't want to lose the topic that Sarah brought up, uh, but it is one we did mention the other night on the show, although I don't think we really got into it in any significant matter uh, or manner. That is that the petrodollar may be facing a, a bit of a challenge in the case of Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. China. China, of course, a humongous world market that is looking at uh, negotiating a new deal with Saudi Arabia where they will be buying the oil they're currently buying, except not with the dollar. Indeed. Right? Yeah, I mean... As far as I can tell, uh, the United States has done absolutely everything that it can to give China the best possible position. So uh, just recently, uh, China decreased its uh, interest rate right before America, or or, uh, within the same week at any rate, uh, as America increasing its uh, its uh, uh, interest rate. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... uh, uh, so China has a uh, a banking system, a, a sort of banking communication system already developed, other than the SWIFT system. Like, the SWIFT system is the, the standard one for just international banking throughout the world. That's right. And uh, the United States has told uh, Russia, you are not allowed to use our system anymore. And China already has the, uh, uh, I, I think it's SIPs or something like that. It's the Chinese... Uh, international protocol, something or other like that. Hmm. Um, and so it already has this system that can re- replace Swift. That it's actually really easy to get off of Swift. It's just there wasn't a reason there to do There wasn't something it. else. Right. So, well, it, and it's not even that there wasn't something else. It's that uh, there's just an entropy, you know, there's there's sort of an inertia in, mm-hmm. okay, well, we've always used the SWIFT system. The SWIFT if it ain't system, broke, don't right, fix exactly, it. Right. Exactly, exactly. And, and now all of a sudden, Russia, the world's uh, number two oil producer next to the United States, hmm. which is something that I was surprised by when I found out. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? When did the 
So in 2020, uh, uh, the United States became the world's number one petroleum producer. Really? And, like, didn't bother to tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also sitting on a, a... bunch of reserves too they oh, they yeah. capped a bunch of them some years ago i don't remember how many a decade two decades ago where they were just like uh you know we keep finding these uh, oil reserves but we're just gonna drill a hole and put a cap on it and mm-hmm. not do anything with it well hold on so even though the u.s is the number one oil producer it must be consuming more than it produces right mm, no no that's the wacky thing so uh even even with like you know the i think it was the first uh executive order of joe biden was a bunch of uh uh environmental things uh including mm-hmm. like okay we're not going to drill here we're going to shut down this pipeline all of that even with all of these uh environmental regulations and stop drilling and all of that even with all of that we're still consuming less oil than we produce well then i but then i have to ask why can't America, the United States, just produce its own gasoline and oil at a price that everybody can afford? Oh, it could, if it wanted to. But uh, instead of just producing oil for itself and using it, they've decided, no, we're going to ship a bunch of it to China. Yeah, China gets like, I think it's like 14% of the United States' uh, uh, oil. So, yeah, instead of just, well, we mine this and then we use it. No, 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 no. Instead of that, we're going to have this big, massive international web of, okay, well, we get this much from here and this much from here and this much from here. And then like 14% of our oil reserves go over to China and then this much goes over here and then this much goes over here. Yeah, no, the, the honestly, as far as I can tell, the only reason that you'd want to do that is to help along the uh, the petrodollar, which is uh, basically the, this idea of uh, when the United States dollar stopped being backed by gold uh, under Nixon because they found out there was way less gold than there was United States dollars uh, and instead got backed by oil because you could buy oil in U.S. dollars but not anything else from OPEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, oil producer producing and exporting countries. Uh, it's uh, a cartel, basically, yeah. of uh, of nations that produce oil. Uh, number one being Saudi Arabia. And that's why uh, we've done all of these terrible things to help Saudi Arabia and just genocided the people of Yemen, uh, both directly and indirectly at different times, which is something that America stopped doing in February. Um Weirdly enough, stopped Joe, genociding people. Yeah, well, stopped in Yemen. Yeah, stopped uh, uh, handing the resources to commit the genocide of the Houthi people to Saudi Arabia, and that's why Saudi Arabia is making new deals potentially. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and she's she's absolutely right. There was a change of leadership, so that that's definitely part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, America stopped helping them commit a genocide. And they're like, that's a surprise. And, and now they're, I know, right? right? Uh, again, like huge changes that are just not being trumpeted. Huh. But yeah, they 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 pulled out uh, uh, February fifth. It turns out uh, we stopped helping the Saudi Arabians murder the Houthi people, and the and the Saudi Arabia is not happy with this because like uh, they were already upset with us for making an Iran deal in the first place and it really just comes back to the whole like Sunni versus Shia thing. Mm-hmm. So anything that you help the Sunnis with are going to upset the Shia and, and vice, vice versa. versa. 
Right. So, and that was that was the the deal. Like, okay, well, we helped out the Iranians doing this. So, in order to uh, uh, to placate the Saudis, uh, Barack Obama's own words is why we were helping them uh, with the genocide. And then uh, Joe Biden, who turns out to be like more of a peace loving president than I expected. By far, he brought troops home from Afghanistan. Yeah, and and ended American assistance of the genocide of Yemen, and that upset the Saudis. I saw that so one much. coming. I certainly didn't. But now there's been talk for years about uh, you know threat to the petrodollar status, mm-hmm. but it's never really materialized. Do you think this is different this I time? That, I think this is the one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I'm not sure yet. I'm not totally sure. It's it's weakened. Absolutely, without a doubt, the petrodollar system is drastically weakened. What would what I think would be the the nail in the coffin is if the if the if Saudi Arabia and China make this deal where Saudi Arabia is is shipping oil in anything other than United States dollars. In this case, the yuan mm-hmm. or renminbi, whichever you, whichever you want to call it. If Saudi Arabia starts selling oil for yuan, that's it. That's the end of the system. And it will be the end of the the dollar being the global reserve currency. I mean, even Jerome Powell has recently said there's no reason that there has to be a single reserve currency throughout the world. Mm. For for the listeners out there, if you've ever played Jenga and like there's just this one piece that nobody's going to touch because the whole dang thing will come crumbling down. That's what this he's talking it. about. This is it. So mm-hmm. it's that one piece is the one piece is that the U.S. dollar is still to this day agreed upon by all of the countries. Uh, it in the currency that they are going to exchange for oil, and that's why it's called mm-hmm. the petrodollar. So if the United States is able to produce more than enough uh, gasoline to you know make itself run, why is the price going up? Well. Is it just inflation? Um, well, the, so the, something the inflation is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I pointed out, we're not giving that oil to American consumers. Well, we're giving what percentage that oil, of it, though? Is going- 14% of our oil is going directly to China. Okay, well, that still leaves 80, you know, 86%. That- well, I'll have to look up the numbers, yeah. but yeah, no, we're, we're a huge exporter of oil. Okay. I mean, we export a bunch of oil and we import a bunch of oil, which is it incredibly inefficient. Yeah. But if what your goal is is not to make cheap energy, but to make sure that you can print worthless dollars that every <sighs> Everyone in the world will produce actual goods and services in exchange for. Well, then this is a great way to keep that in place. And the number, if you want to weigh in here, it's 603-283-6160. That allows you to take control of the airwaves at 603-283-6160. In the remaining moments of this live Saturday episode of Free Talk Live, you're welcome to join us at 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. In the remaining moments, which are happening now, still time for you. It's 603-283-6160. What do you want to talk about? The inflation or the petrodollar or whatever is on your mind? Ukraine? It's open to you. Uh, Ian... Peakless Mountaineer and Captain Kickass in the studio. You can also join us online anytime at freetalklive.com where you can enjoy various features completely free, including our feeds. We have RSS feeds. You can subscribe 
to episodes of Free Talk Live that'll be delivered automatically to your favorite podcast client. All you have to do is go to feeds.freetalklive.com and you'll find the links there for those RSS options. And there are a few different ones. There's the one for everything that we put out. There's the one for just the full shows. And then there's the Daily Digest only. You'll find all of those over at feeds.freetalklive.com. To the I phones. Was, I, I was thinking about starting a... Um you know, sort of a, a, a show of my own. Okay. But uh, it was going to be all about the health benefits of different types of powders, like baby powder, stuff like that. Hmm. And the show is going to be called Free Talk Live. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to David. He's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. I want to share a bit of uh, uh, information on the incestuous nature nature of the uh, judiciary in the state of New Mexico. Okay. And um, I have... Uh, uh, told you in the past about uh, Judge M. Monica Zamora, who I proved at the New Mexico Court of Appeals by unanimous decision had illegally trafficked my children. So connecting dots, my, my attorney um, that was appointed for me by the state, a very good attorney, Jane Yohalem, coincidentally is now on the New Mexico Court of Appeals where she won that case, defeating Judge M. Monica Zamora. Hmm. Um, however, Judge M. Monica Zamora is also on the New Mexico Court of Appeals at, and, in fact, is the chief judge of the New Mexico Court of Appeals. And so it's uh, rather interesting how uh, uh, incestuous this all is. Uh, and further, Jane Yohalem, um took the uh, position of, that was uh, available after the retirement of Judge Linda Vanzi who coincidentally had ruled against me in an earlier appeal that I made pro se uh, on my own to the New Mexico Court of Appeals. It was an interlocutory appeal. It wasn't uh, an appeal as of right, um, as the, and it wasn't nearly as important as the one that Jane Yohalem had won for me. Um, uh, but it's all rather interesting. And there are a few more dots that I'll sh- that, that connect to this that I'll share at, a, at another time. But in the state of New Mexico, it's just a... Uh, kind of uh, interesting how uh, the same players are uh, come up uh, over and over again. Let me add also, since I'm talking about Jane Yohalem, who, like I said, won my case for me and was very good for my uh, my legal situation at the moment. Oh, Jane should also know. <laughs> it's interesting, though, Jane, um, you, you did win the case. However, uh, in spite of winning the case uh, to uh, defeat the attempted uh, uh, termination of my parental rights and, and subsequent adoption of my children to a stepfather, uh, I still, Jane, have never, ever, 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 ever had any contact whatsoever with those children, so you might be interested in that that outcome of the... Jane, uh, you uh, ignorant slut. (laughs) There you go. But uh, she might want to know that. So let me see if I'm following you here. You're saying this judge, she made the decision to reunite you with your kids, and that never happened. And now she's moving up to another court, or I'm I'm a little lost on all that? What she did, she was my attorney, and she won my case unanimously, okay. saying that that the Judge M. Monica Zamora had illegally uh, terminated oh. my parental rights and adopted my children. To but now she's stepfather. going to be on the same court with Zamora. Yes, she's on the same. She's on the same court with Zamora now, which is interesting enough. And uh, and I don't think Jane knows, uh, and also we can we can uh, tell her right now that uh, as great of a thing she did when she defeated Judge M. Monica Zamora, um, the the uh, decision from the Court of Appeals, the order from the Court of Appeals to the lower court, Judge John J. Romero Jr. to take appropriate action. 
uh, in this overturn. Um, apparently, the appropriate action is to uh, never let the biological father see their children ever again anyway, <laughs> even though they won their case. So now so. the very same attorney that won the case for you is going to be working with the very same judge that uh, was ruling against you. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, there are there are only 10 judges on the New Mexico Court of Appeals, and the, the, the two that fought each other in my case, uh, the, the Jane Yohalem versus Judge M. Monica Zamora, where Jane won, now they're sitting on the same court uh, with, uh, not, with uh, eight other people besides themselves. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Now, it is a, a very small, described the, the term as incestuous. It's certainly true that there's only so many lawyers in a given state, especially in a smaller, lower population state. And, you know, they all know everybody and they know all the judges. And it's all really about who you know when it comes down to it. Thanks for the call. Well, and this is what happens when you have a um, monopoly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they... Only let in the people that are in the club, and if you, you know, upset the club, then you are disbarred. And it's it's always a strange thing that uh, when you talk about not having a government, and people are like, "Well, wh- what if this? What if you don't get justice?" And it's like, "Well, what if I don't get justice now?" You I can mean, appeal to the next corrupt court, right? I get to appeal to another corrupt court mm-hmm. who tends to work with the people that I'm complaining about. Great. Yep. And if I appeal all the way up, I can get the opportunity to be ignored by the Supreme Court. That's right. That's how it works. It sucks. One size must fit all. Yeah. Until we finally figure out something better. Or we can figure out how to, like, you know, associate with people voluntarily that can provide services that are effective. That's way more appealing than the type of appealing you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so any other thoughts on Petrodollar, or do we, we cover that pretty Oh, straight? yeah, sure. I mean, uh, one of the wacky things is, like, we are both exporting and importing uh, uh, oil, and both crude oil and petroleum uh, Yeah, we were just looking Canada. at some of the numbers yeah, like trying to figure them out. 8.47 in, 8.64 out, something like that? Mm-hmm. Million, yeah, nineteen millions of barrels point, per day. Yeah, nineteen or twenty million barrels per day used, or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which is absolutely absurd. But I guarantee you that that is lining a lot of important pockets. Mm. Well, not for long if the uh, petrodollar is no longer the currency of choice. Yeah, and, when when it comes to oil transactions, and that's know, the really we'll exciting see. thing about this is that I mean, everyone everyone who's involved in this in the political and banking world they assume that. Uh, that the world reserve currency must be one of their central bank currencies. But the fact of the matter is that once you shatter this ownership, it becomes a, a market question. So the possibility opens up for, say, Bitcoin or Monero Ooh, or what have yeah. you to be to step in as the dominant currency because it simply functions better. I The, the one thing that I don't talk about enough when it comes to cryptocurrency is the thing that governments hate most about it. Not necessarily that it's decentralized. They hate that. You know, mm-hmm. not that it's uh, you know, uh, outside of their given system, which it is. Cuts out the middleman. It cuts out the middleman. But but the thing that it can't do that governments want their currencies to do is be counterfeited. Right. Mm, yeah. Right? Because without the ability for them to print more right. out of thin air at their whim why the real costs of things hit the common man. 
Right, so uh, the average person who thinks you know not too much of politics or just watches mainstream media and goes to their job, whatever they they don't really understand that inflation is the result of government counterfeiting its very own money. Sure, but it's legal when they do it. So it's, it's legal when they do illegal when anybody else does it. Right, right. But that's literally what they're doing is they're just printing more of it, uh, flooding the supply of money and causing prices to increase. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the crux of it. Now, if the cost of that or something like the cost of, oh, I don't know, war, for example, were realized on an individual basis, on a paycheck to paycheck basis, I think we'd see the end of war like tomorrow. Yeah, oh, a yeah. lot of people would not want to voluntarily contribute to it. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, historians will generally point to the American Civil War as the first modern war. And mostly they'll talk about, oh, well, it had all of this technology. It had, you know, chain guns and all of these cannons. No, no, no. The technology was a, a byproduct. What it really was is this is when we started being able to print the money for war. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can from print nothing. The, exactly. Printing the yep. money from nothing for the war. It started in the American Civil War. It went through every participant of the World Wars, both one and two, and it's been the standard ever since. But if you have something that you can't just print an infinite amount of, so that you actually have to see a return on your investment, that you run out of money if you just use it to kill people, that's a whole different story. And I mean, something like Bitcoin has all of the things that you would want. I mean, it doesn't belong to any country. It can't be faked. It can't be printed. It can move anywhere. It's uncensorable, unstoppable. Yeah. um, And I think we may see more governments that are more independent, meaning they don't have their own central bank, moving in that direction. We're out of time for tonight. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com.